Hey guys, thanks for joining us again for another Sessions on Life. Uh, today is our last episode in the series on on, uh, on discipleship. And obviously you can tell neither Josh nor Dedrick is here with me today. Um, both of them had unforeseen, unplanned circumstances come up that have prevented them from being here today. They both really wanted to be here, and uh, but they can't. So... I tried finding one or two people um, to come actually share on uh, how discipleship has impacted their lives, whether it be learning from someone else or teaching um, someone else, um, but they couldn't. So then it dawned on me that, you know, it's very possible that God wants me to share my story of how I've been impacted by discipleship. So obviously you can tell, um, you know, well, I'm just, you know, you guys know our, you know, our our first episode is typically the nature of, second episode, the power of, third episode, engaging in, and the fourth episode, we typically have a guest who comes on and shares how um, the topic has impacted them, the topic being discipleship. I'll be sharing that. So here goes. Man, it's interesting because I'm literally sharing my story. But um, so I, um, Jesus saved me in the spring of uh, 2000. At that time, I lived in Washington, D.C., and um, immediately I started um, attending a church. It was, um, you know, a predominantly black church in Washington, D.C., and um, I guess you could say my first, if you want to call it, taste or venture into discipleship was just, you know, maybe having coffee with um, there was a particular ch- uh, church elder who, um, you know, you know, we you know, we'd have coffee sometimes and he talked with me, but then I also got to shadow the pastor. Um, I'm not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't structured or frequent enough to why I'd, re- refer, uh, why I'd refer to it as an apprenticeship, but um, I would go with the pastor sometimes to help him when he was ministering somewhere. So really for the first three years um, of my life as a Christian, I didn't really have any true, um, discipleship especially in a formal sense i had um i did have a number of christians at that church who um you know who prayed for me who would um always check in on me because you know at that time i was a bachelor and i lived the mile so they check in on me they pray for me um they'd encourage me but i didn't really have anyone take me under the wing take me under the, their wing and and disciple me so fast forward three years later um or two years later, really 2002, I think it was like a fall, winter of 2002, I come across a ministry school, a ministry and discipleship school called Evansville Masters Commission. And they were visiting the DC area on a domestic mission trip. Um, I was attending a, a service in Baltimore and this was the local church where they were stationed in the DC area. And um, I'm not gonna go into I'm not gonna go into a whole lot, but suffice uh, suffice to say, God um, impressed on me that within a year I actually would be um, attending that school. So fast forward to uh, fast forward to um, you know fall semester 2003, I actually find myself in Evansville. Uh, I find myself as a student of uh, Evansville Masters Commission in Evansville, Indiana. 20 years later, 
you know, I'm still in Evansville, Indiana. But um, so Evansville Masters Commission was uh, was my first venture into um, discipleship. You know, I w- this is this is where I was being discipled, and I was discipled by a woman, uh, Pam Kinnear. She was actually the director of the school, and um, you know, there were a number of us students there, um, and. I'll tell you what, I mean, Pam, not was, Pam is an amazing discipler. Um, if there was anything I learned from her, it was um, the, two things. It was one, um, the importance of, ex, of living for Jesus, right? As in showing the character of Jesus and the fruits of the Spirit. Um, Of course, Evansville Masters Commission was under the umbrella of a Pentecostal church. So, you know, she was, um, so Pam was, you know, would definitely, you know, teach us and emphasize the importance of being Spirit-led, the importance of yielding to the Spirit and relying on the Spirit to accomplish ministry or to accomplish whatever God was calling you to. Um, That was just, you know that was just something that she we that she just wi- wove into the fabric of our discipleship of the school, but um what really stood out to me was her continued emphasis on having a reputable character, uh, recognizing that that you represent Jesus and that you represent the church. I mean, she would drum that into us over and over and over again. You know, she'd drum in the importance of hey, you know, integrity being honest um and then she would she would actually she, she you know whenever we were doing ministry she always emphasized the importance of excellence i don't know how well i've learned that but pam would consistently say hey it doesn't matter how big we are it doesn't matter how small we are it doesn't matter who knows you or how large your ministry it doesn't matter how many people you're speaking to whatever you do it has to be excellent, and what I, what, you know, what really hit me about that was she she consistently emphasized the reason you are doing it excellently, or the reason why you're pursuing excellence is not so much for the people, it's not to impress anyone, but it's because God is worthy, right? Like that, you know, that 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 was what she would always communicate. Hey, this thing has to be done excellent excellently because of who you're doing it for. If you're doing it for the Lord who laid his life down for you and is now your king and savior, you better make sure you're doing it with excellence, right? So that just, that basically went into everything we did. Um, whether it was our sermon uh, preaching, she would make sure that we had ample time and that we had prepared. Um, and then she'd make sure that we gave enough room, um, you know, uh, for the Holy Spirit again, you know, a charismatic spiritual, uh, charismatic Pentecostal lingo. You, you know, you might be wondering what what does that mean? Giving room for the Holy Spirit in your sermon, um, and what that means is recognizing or being open to the fact that you know you have this sermon that's been prepared and you've actually maybe even practiced it, but there's this attitude of surrender or or basically just recognizing that it is possible you know recognizing the possibility that at some time during your sermon right or at some point while you're preaching the holy spirit could could um could bring something else to mind or could start leading you in a different direction and you had to be open and obedient to that yielding if it happened 
Now, I, I know people, you know, I know the people that say, hey, this is something that happens every time or happens regularly in my preaching. Um, and then there's some people that say, no, it should never, it should never have happen in your preaching. If, you, if you've actually prepared, you need to, you know, stick to your, uh, stick to your outline, stick to your preparation. Um, I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, the point I learned from, well, you know, what I learned from Pam when it came to um, communicating the word of God, preaching, was, hey, you need to make sure you understand and that you're confessing in your heart that people are not going to be changed or impacted because of how well you preach or how charismatically you preach. People are going to be inf- are going to be impacted because the Holy Spirit is speaking through you and illuminating their minds and their hearts and uh, convincing them of the truth. And that's something that I still carry with me t- today. Um, you know, recognizing that. Um, Hey, that without Jesus, it's not going to happen. You know um, how Paul says says in Corinthians, you know, some plant, some water, God gives the increase. Um, that's true in everything that we do, right? We can um, we can share the gospel till we are blue in the face. But if the Holy Spirit is not quickening our hearers and if the Holy Spirit is not convincing them of what we are saying, then um, nothing changes, right? Um, that doesn't mean we don't preach the gospel. It means we preach the gospel recognizing that we are partnering with God. You know, again, like Paul says, hey, uh, we are ambassadors of Christ. We plead with you as though God were, plea- were pleading through us, be reconciled to God. You know, so, um, so you know, she impressed on us the importance of, um, you know, of recognizing that. And, um, and it, it, you know, it keeps you humble. It keeps you humble. So, um, you know, so that that was that that was what I learned from Pam. You know, especially as it had to do with you know again character and ministry. You know, um, doing things with excellence, um, always you know integrity, and always um, relying on the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, I'll t- tell you some, something else I learned while at Masses Commission as a student was um, was the importance of prayer. Now, Pam and the assistant director, Leanne, at that time, um, you know, we, we had weekly devotions. So, you know, so there was a, you know, there was a lot of teaching. Now, Mass's Commission um, was, was, a, was an international global network. So you could have Evansville Mass's Commission, Chicago Mass's Commission, um, Mass's Commission UK. There were Mass's Commissions all over the world. And um, Evansville Masters Commission was very respected just because of, you know, the level of integrity and excellence that Pam, you know, just brought to um, brought to the program. But um, I remember, right, I remember Pam always praying. And there was this prayer she always prayed, which was God opened the schools of Evansville, Indiana to us. Because, you know, we actually wanted to go into school. Pam had a burden for um, for youth, so, you know, she was always thinking and strategizing on different ways to reach youth in the city. And I remember my first year, uh, my first year in Masters Commission, the whole year, whenever, you know, and we met every day. We would pray in the morning for about an hour every day. And something that Pam would be praying every morning and, you know, being Pentecostal and charismatic, she would pray loudly and wailing. And I was like, Man, you know, but every day Pam would pray, God opened the schools of Evansville, Indiana to us so that we can share the gospel. I remember that so clearly. And I mean, she prayed it every day. And it got to the point where I was like, 
man, she keeps on bringing this thing every day. She needs to stop, right? But I think it was in my, it was my third year. Um, in my third year, I, I can't remember how it happened, but in my third year, we started working with, um, with a ministry. Can't remember what it was called, but somehow they had been able, they had developed relationships with, um, you know, with, with, uh, with schools in Indiana and they had come into Evansville and partnered with us to where we went into just about, I don't want to say every school, but at least seven, um, a total of anywhere between seven to 10 high schools and middle schools in um, Evansville, Indiana. Right. And um, we did school assemblies and then we would invite them on Friday night to, um, you know, to a big, huge gathering where the gospel was presented. And it was incredible to see that many young people hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and then responding. And that was such an eye opener because I was like, Pam, I, you know, I had heard Pam and see Pam pray this for two years, right, day after day, God opened the schools of Evansville, Indiana, opened the schools of Evansville, Indiana. And I was like, man, it ain't going to happen. If you've been praying this long, it's not going to happen. And then in my third year, at this point, I was actually interning, um, you know, the schools of Evansville, Indiana open up. And then, but here's the catch, right? Not only did we start ministering to schools in Evansville, Indiana, to high schools and middle schools in Evansville, Indiana, we partnered with this ministry and basically shared the Gospels in schools all over the state of Indiana. It was incredible. And that was such a huge, impactful moment for me, right? Because, you know, I, you know, I went through, uh, to Master's Commission, a ministry and discipleship school, um, you know, then went to Indiana Wesley and got my uh, degree in uh, theology and biblical studies, working, working, my sem- uh, working my MDiv through seminary. So, you know, I'd, I've heard countless teachings, countless lectures, written papers, done research on prayer. But I, th- I would have to say that the most impactful lesson, okay, that I, that I acquired about prayer was not from anything I read. It was from actually seeing my disciple live out a prayerful life. And that has always been with me. All it's just it's just never left me. Every time I pray, and I think God is not listening, or I feel the impulse to give up on praying, I always come back to Pam praying that God would open Evansville Middle Middle and High Schools for two years, and then eventually, um, you know, that happened. So um, that you know, so so that that was really cool because you know. Evansville Master's Mission, you know, we we had Bible classes and we did a lot of hands-on hands-on work. We uh, did domestic ministries, compassionate ministries. We traveled and did mission trips. Um, so we, it was it was it was just a lot of hands-on stuff. But um, but that experience, seeing Pam pay, uh, seeing Pam pray consecutively over one thing for two years, and then seeing the results of it was huge, huge, and um. And that impacted, you know, that, that's impacted how I disciple now, right? Um, because it's, it's driven home for me the importance of allowing those that I disciple, students, those that are learning about Jesus from me. It's impacted, you know, it's impacted me in the sense that I let, the, I try to create um, opportunities for them to observe me, for them to be close to me, to see how I live, to see how I pray, to see how I study, 
um, for them to even, you know, for them to even see how I fall and how I confess my error and how I repent. But, um, but I learned that because the person that discipled me allowed me close enough to see their prayer life. Right. So, um, you know, so that's, so that not only impacted me as a student, but it's impacted how I now teach others to follow Jesus Christ, right? Always bringing to mind the importance of, of living. Hey, you know, we can sit down and we can break script. We can break down scripture all day long. We can do that. Right. But at the end of the day, um, am I affording those that I'm teaching the opportunity to see me live out the scripture that I'm teaching them? Or do I let them see me fail at living out the scripture that I'm trying to reach them? So, Pam, if, if, you, know, if you get to watch this, um, thank you so much. You were an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, disciple. Thank, you know, I'm really grateful that, um, that God has you in my life, but especially... Um, thankful that he had you in my life uh, for that season why I needed someone to actually coach me and encourage me. I'll tell you something else, okay? Something else about, um, you know, being discipled by Pam that I thought was really cool was that she gave us students the opportunity, right? She gave us ample opportunity to exercise and practice the um, the things we were learning. So, um not not trying to toot my horn my horn here, but I you know I think you know when I came to um, to Master's Commission that in a short time it became apparent to Pam and Leanne, the assistant director, that you know that one of my giftings was um, being able to clearly communicate um, to clearly communicate the truths of Scripture to communi- communicate the gospel. So I remember that as a first year student, right, as a first year student, which was something that was rarely done. But as a first year student, Pam actually allowed me. Um, this was one of, on one of our domestic trips. We were actually ministering at a church um, somewhere in Ohio. We were actually going to be, you know, ministering the word, ministering the word of God to that church. And I remember Pam saying to me, "Hey, Ubi, um, I actually want you to um, to go ahead and speak at this church, right?" And from the reaction of the students of the second and third year students, it was very clear that, um, hey, this was something that's not typically done that, you know, to let a first year student speak. But that, that again served, you know, that, that was a great lesson for me because it reflected in a lot of ways what Jesus did, which was, you know, hey, model the life, teach, and then give whoever you're discipling the opportunity to actually exercise or apply what you've t- what you've taught them, right? And then Pam would Pam would do like Jesus. A- I remember after speaking, she critiqued my sermon. Um, thankfully, she didn't crush me. Thankfully, most of it was um, was positive. But you know, but there were, there were a number of things where she said, "Hey, you know, here's you know, here's what you can walk on. Here's what you can work on. Or here's what you didn't do right. And here's what you can make better. And here's what you just really need to get rid of." Right. But um, so she didn't just give opportunity to practice. She actually came back and critiqued and it was very healthy, positive critique. So um, that's again, that's something that that we have to do in discipleship. You know, we see it, you know, we see it in the Gospels. Jesus Christ calls the disciples, you know, they've seen him teach, preach on the 
preach and teach about the kingdom. They've seen him. They've seen him do signs and wonders, and then you know he calls them, pairs them, and then sets sends them out to go share the gospel. And he gives them instructions on what to do, and then they come back and they share the experience with him, and he gives them feedback. He says, "Okay, hey." You did well, or hey, here's why you couldn't do this. You didn't pray and fast, or hey, you didn't have faith, right? But we see Jesus Christ sending them out to do what they had seen him do and to do what he had taught them to do. And then when they return, he gives them uh, feedback and critique. So, um, so yeah, that um, that is my story on a uh, discipleship. So twenty years later, twenty years later. I am still in Evansville, uh, Evansville, Indiana, um, doing full-time ministry, um, you know, running Lock, Learners of Christ the King United. And in large part, that is uh, thanks to Pam Kinnear, right? Thanks to um, the lady who took a chance on me and said, hey, come to Evansville and, um, you know, enroll in the school and, and let's see what God does, right? So 20 years later, I'm in Evansville, Indiana, doing ministry all over the United States, but um, per- but particularly um, in the tri-state area of Evansville, Indiana, and loving it, and loving it, and wanting to believe, right, that um, that God is using it to touch people and to change people. But um, yeah, so, uh, so that's my story on how I've been impacted by discipleship, and um, hopefully God's using me to, um, to actually disciple others, right? So guys, I hope this has been um, a blessing to you. Short, but, um, but, um, but I hope it's been a blessing. Uh, Josh would not be happy with me if I didn't ask you to um, follow, like, share, right? So connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, um, Instagram. Um, also, I do want to share about some things we have coming up. October the 23rd, we are hosting um, a conference called the The Unpopular Conference. The Unpopular Conference, October 23rd, is going to be a one-day conference on followership. The theme is cultivating uh, cultivating followership in a leadership-centric culture, right? Um, what we see in Scripture is that to develop leadership, you don't focus on leadership. To develop leadership, you actually focus on on enhancing and improving your followership capacity. So um, so that, so so we're actually going to be fleshing that out in this conference. We have a stellar faculty. Um, Pastor, uh, Pastor Larry Rasko is going to be there. Uh, worship leaders Ryan Stapleton, James Hamler is going to be there. Um, Brett Donninger, um, also a pastor, he's actually going to be leading our biblical meditation and contemplation session. Um, really, really, really great stuff. And we're going to have really, really good worship. So for real, you guys definitely want to be there again october the 23rd saturday um you can go to our website it's lockunited.org um check events and click on the unpopular conference and you can register there um hope you guys have a great weekend or week and um be sure to join us again next week we are starting our session on holiness right and our very first uh very first episode will be the nature of holiness looking forward to seeing you then and um, i'm sure josh uh, josh will be here take care and god bless bye-bye